What's up, guys? Welcome into a new episode of Chargers Weekly. Chris Harry here with you, and we're just less than a week away from Chargers training camp. We're going to finish up our Know Your Rival series, our final installment with the team that's been dominating this division for a long time, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I couldn't be more thrilled to have Nate Taylor of The Athletic on a friend of the podcast, did this last year. And Nate, I just want to kick this off because I saw you have the Nate Taylor show coming to Kansas City Airwaves this fall, man. A big congratulations and well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you, you, you played a part. I mean, people have enjoyed uh, listening to some of my football expertise and the inside of the Chiefs. So, yeah, um, you know, when the season starts in September, I was, you know, thrilled and honored and, and had this amazing opportunity to have, you know, my own one hour per week radio show with uh, the, fo- the great folks at uh, 16 Sports here in Kansas City. Um, they are the official uh, radio broadcast partner of the Chiefs. Uh, so that obviously helps as well. But yeah, I mean, just what a fascinating season that we're going to get ready to embark on. Uh, similar to the Chargers, the Chiefs are going to have their training camp open up pretty soon as well. Um, we had such a fun chat last year, and I think yeah. the Chargers season <laughs> went, in a, went in a direction that neither one of us could really um, anticipate for obvious yeah. reasons beginning in week two against the Chiefs uh, in that classic overtime game. But I, I think going into this season – uh, it, it's even more exciting to know where these two teams are in this division and the idea that we could be really looking at the start of something that's going to be, you know, a real rivalry, a real marquee matchup for several years just because of Justin Herbert and obviously Patrick Mahomes. No question about it. And we'll, we'll get to that because I, I want to dive into what that could look like over the next decade plus. Um, but I want to start with the Chiefs and how they approached this offseason. And I think it's an easy starting point, the Super Bowl. You know, Mahomes gets sacked three times. He's hit eight times. He's pressured a a record 29 times. That seemed to kind of set the course for what they wanted to do in an effort to protect him and uh, and really just get get the offense going again uh, starting in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that there are teams and organizations that are too reactionary to whatever the last result was of the previous season. Uh, You go into a game and for whatever reason, that certain aspect of the team does not perform well and you want to make wholesale changes. And sometimes that can be uh, overreach compared to where the landscape of the league is and just your overall assessment of your roster. Uh, I wonder if people will say this about the Chiefs if they get to a less than stellar start in September. But because Patrick Mahomes is the most, you know, he is the biggest asset in the history of the Chiefs franchise. Um, There's been no player like him before. um, And because Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach, I think it made sense for Andy Reid, Brett Veach, the general manager, and obviously the owner, Clark Hunt, to decide that whatever Patrick needed to be successful sort of in this second phase of his career, uh, they went out and they got it done. Um, I think Joe Tooney was a signing that at the time kind of surprised me because they paid him uh, the most money for a left guard in NFL history, but he is a consistent, never missed a game pro bowl caliber player. Uh, They tried to get Trent Williams 
in the free agency market. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers did the right thing in making sure that he was going to stay on their roster. And so they quickly pivot, and right before the draft, they get Orlando Brown Jr., who played most of his career at right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, but will have the opportunity to protect Patrick Mahomes and, and sort of live out the dream that his father once had and being a left tackle in the, in the NFL as well with the Ravens and the Browns. So they've drafted Creed Humphrey, who I think will probably be the starting center, uh, a, a young guy out of Oklahoma who was really, really good in college. Um, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif comes back from – you know, really giving uh, a lot of himself in his hometown of Montreal to obviously combat the COVID-19 virus, you know, and it's just an amazing story. The idea that he was the lone NFL player active to have a medical degree and then use it in this unusual circumstances is truly remarkable. And, And he'll come back and he has a inside track entering training camp to be the right guard. And, and then there's a real competition between Lucas Niang, a rookie who opted out of last year as well, because of COVID-19, he will compete with Mike Rimmers who had a better season than I think people realize, but because the Super Bowl was so bad for everybody on the offensive line, um, he maybe comes in a little bit under the radar as maybe a chance to still keep that right tackle position. So for Patrick Mahomes, everything starts with how much trust, how much chemistry, how much timing, and knowing what each other is doing between now and when that September 12th opener against Cleveland starts. I mean, that's really what the next month is about for me in terms of my reporting and coverage of the Chiefs. It'll all start with how does Patrick Mahomes feel about his offensive line? How does that offensive line start to gel before obviously you face some of the best pass rushers in the league? And you know everybody in the AFC particularly is trying to chase Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs down. It's interesting because – the Chargers are kind of in the same boat from an offensive line perspective. Yes, um, yes. You know, Justin Herbert had a fantastic, you know, offensive rookie of the year season, um, but he was pressured a lot. So you bring in Corey Lindsley, you you draft for Sean Slater, you bring in yes. Matt Filer and Ode Abuchi, you hope Brian Balaga stays healthy. So I think the Chiefs and Chargers both have that same question at the beginning of the year. How quickly – can a new look offensive line gel and how comfortable is the quarterback going to be under center? So I, so I think that's fascinating. And, you know, d- defensively uh, Nick Bolton from Missouri was the the second round pick. Um, you know, obviously I, I want to ask you about Frank Clark in that situation and, and what the chiefs have done to kind of potentially combat what could be in 2021 there uh, across the defensive line and then any other notable moves on defense Nate? yeah so so let's start with the draft I think anytime Andy Reid is the head coach of any team whether it's in Philly whether it's in Kansas City you always say they're probably going to slant more offense versus defense that's been his forte uh so it was it was a nice change up to be like let's go get Nick Bolton they need to be more athletic they need to have more speed in the middle of their defense I think Anthony Hitchens who is the starting middle linebacker uh veteran solid knows everything in and out in the Steve Spagnuolo system uh the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs but they need to get more athletic they need to get younger quietly I think one thing that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense what they sort of exploit it to some degree is that this Chiefs defense was getting older than maybe the common fan was looking at it just on first look. Um, Bashad Breeland is no longer with the team. He was a, he was a really solid cornerback. 
Damian Wilson, linebacker, he's not with the team. So they're they're in this transitioning of getting younger, um, even though most of the headlines this offseason were obviously and rightfully so with the offensive line changes. Um, when it comes to the defensive line, that's where Steve Spagnuolo wants to make uh, his system really go because Tyron Matthew, just the really remarkable uh, two-time all-pro star safety with the Chiefs since he's come over, has sort of cleaned up everything in the back end, but the Chiefs need to get better at pass rush. Too often last year they had to blitz. So if you want to blitz less, have some better coverage with a younger linebacking core, uh, that is obviously Nick Bolton. That's Willie Gay going into his second year. He actually got an offseason. He'll get a training camp to get, you know, a more traditional feel of how a young player gets ready for the upcoming NFL season. But I think the defensive line will be the question mark. Chris Jones, who is a two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, he wants to be a defensive end. He wants to prove that, hey, maybe I can do some of these things Aaron Donald has done at a very, very high level. Now, no one, ladies and gentlemen, is Aaron Donald. No one no one is as good as him. Like, no one. But if you can come close, uh, Steve Spagnuolo is willing to give this a try. Will the experiment last for two games, six weeks? The whole season, I don't know. It's one of the more fascinating aspects of it because all they could count on last year from the defensive end standpoint was Frank Clark. And even Frank Clark suggests, and if you look statistically, didn't have his best season, although he was a consistent performer and played better when the team was in the playoffs in January. He even got a sack in the Super Bowl. The problem, though, is that they drafted Joshua Kando in the fourth round. He's more of a developmental player. Obviously, Chris Jones is moving to defensive end. They did sign Jaron Reed, a really talented defensive tackle, to sort of take his place so that this experiment could really get off the ground. But you build for all these things, and then Frank Clark um, gets arrested in his hometown of L.A. on June 20th for, uh, you know, illegal possession of a firearm charge, essentially. Uh, the police in their report say that, you know, they were able to see the weapon um, in an unzipped bag. So uh, there's a real chance, I believe, that the NFL will look into this. Obviously, the Chiefs are aware of it. There's obviously a legal and due process that has to go on with Frank Clark, who will be, I guess I should say this, his court sentence, his court date, excuse me, his next court date is on October. Um, But the league, as we've seen in the past, has made decisions before a season or they may let the legal process play all the way out, which means this may roll all the way into 2022. Um, but if the league decides and deems that because this was Frank Clark's second arrest for this particular offense, um, they may choose to suspend him under violations of the league, uh, you know, conduct policy, the, the the league personnel conduct policy, and that may be a multiple game suspension. So the Chiefs were interested in Melvin Ingram. He decided to sign with the. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, because I think there was a more of a guaranteed playing opportunity there, at least starting for Melvin Ingram. Obviously, Chargers fans know him well. Um, we'll see what left he has in his career. Uh, and so the Chiefs pivot and they re-sign most recently uh, Alex Okafor, who, if he stays healthy, is a really solid rotational pass rusher. The problem is, whether it's Alex Okafor or Taco Charlton, can those guys stay healthy? So look, the season on defense may come down to how quickly the young guys can develop, especially at the linebacker position. And can Chris Jones apply pressure to quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, athletically gifted, mobile, are going to put you in a bind, especially on the back end. Can he put pressure on those quarterbacks from the edge? 
and the interior and make the offensive line always have to account for him to give a Chiefs defense an edge that, honestly, if Tyron Matthews slips, if the secondary isn't as good as it was last year, you can see some real aggression. There's real chances for this Chiefs defense to not be as good as it was last year or to not be turnover dependent. Um, So much of this will come down to Chris Jones. We'll see what happens with Frank Clark and – can they tackle in the middle of the field because they have more younger athletic linebackers equipped to take away some of those angles for opposing quarterbacks? Nate, a great breakdown offensively, defensively. Just before we came on, we talked about this, and this is fascinating. I want to get into this because uh, we're looking for a a modern-day rivalry, right? Last year, week two, no one had a clue. Justin Herbert is going to start. Um, it was incredible. The Chargers led wire to wire until the yep. end. Uh, Chiefs win 23-20 uh, in the first game at SoFi Stadium for the Bolts. Week 17, uh, you throw it out. Mahomes wasn't in there. So week three at Arrowhead is going to be the first time that we know Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are going to be under center. They'll play again Thursday night football in week 15 in Los Angeles. This has the makings to me, Nate, of a really awesome quarterback rivalry between two young guys uh, with, with talented teams. Obviously the the chiefs have proved it uh, year in year out. The the chargers have a lot of talent. Uh, We, we use that term in the off season on paper, um, but a lot lot of talent at the skill positions um, uh, really they're a pretty complete team when you look at the roster on paper. Um, but Mahomes and Herbert, I'm just fascinated by what that could look like, not only in 2021, but 2031. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's something that should get Chargers fans jacked up. It's, it's something that should get Chiefs fans kind of looking over their shoulder, right? For the last few years, uh, the Chiefs have had the best roster, They've executed in the most critical moments of divisional games. And so as a football fan who enjoys the history of the game, um, I can't tell Chargers fans enough. By about the second quarter of that week two game last year, and I was not at SoFi Stadium um, because of COVID-19, because of the pandemic, I watched most of the road games from home. And obviously we would talk to players uh, via Zoom, just like we are doing now. Um, But by the second quarter, you just start looking and you just go, I mean, it's unfortunate. The Chargers think they're playing Tyrod Taylor. That is not the case. They prepared. There's really no, there's no preseason games there. What film do we have <laughs> of Justin Herbert? You have zero. So, and guess what, Nate? There was nobody in the stands. Either. And, 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 and the thing is, usually like there's a buzz in the air and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are talking and you figure out what's going on. Honestly, when I saw Herbert go out there, I thought it was like, a trick like he had like a package right like like ah, they were going to open the yeah. game with like a a, a, a three game a three play package oh. or something and it was just i mean how that whole thing yeah developed i mean and, and to to see it on, on television too since uh you had to, to cover the games um at home uh when the chiefs were on the road it had to have been just wild to see it unfold yeah uh, but but you could kind of see like this is not a fluke. In fact, this is really good for the moment for to be thrust into the spotlight. And, and thankfully, you know, we're glad that Tyrod is healthy and 
Um, Absolutely. It appears he's going to have a, a new chapter in, in Houston, a chance to lead that team that's obviously going through a rebuild. But look, man, I, I, you know, he made, I think Herbert made some rookie mistakes in that second half, and that is completely understandable. But after that game, I kind of made it a point for me to sort of keep track of what the Chargers are doing. Obviously, you know, covering the Chiefs, you want to be aware of what every divisional opponent is doing. But there was something about Justin last year where you could really see that the arm talent, the anticipation, which I think is so critical going from college to pro. Um, and look, like the Chargers were in a lot of close games last year. And I think a lot of their season, as you know, Chris, will come down to taking that next step. And a lot of that is winning those close games in the fourth quarter, making those winning plays. Uh, you got a new coach in Brandon Staley. Love him to death. Uh, what he did in the other L.A. team was, I think, fascinating, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, which will make this you know emerging rivalry even more interesting just because uh, some of those schemes have worked to some degree against Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy's offense. Um, but I think there's a lot of buzz about where this division may be headed because I like to remind people all the time, of two facts in the mid to early two thousands, the chargers went through a real phase with obviously the and Thomason, where they were the best yeah. team in the division. Then Peyton Manning makes the decision to come to Denver. The division is basically Denver's up until about 2016, 2017. That's when Alex Smith has the best year of his career. The Chiefs have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, there's a little bit of a motivation factor there for Alex Smith. Mahomes takes over. They have won the division ever since. Um, There really hasn't been a year where you could go into it and say, I could see that team chasing this team down, or I could see that team giving this team a run for their money without seeing any of the results before the first kickoff. So I think that's where we're there. The, The second point, which leads to this Herbert Mahomes um, you know, emerging rivalry is I, I went through pro football reference earlier because I knew we were going to talk, Chris. And the, the funny thing is like, okay, the Chiefs had Lynn Dawson. The Chargers had Dan Fouts. Okay, the Chiefs had Joe Montana. The Chargers, you know, they had Drew Brees. Obviously they had, um, you know, Phillip Rivers. The Chiefs had Trent Green. There really hasn't been a year up until about 2004, in my opinion, where Trent Green was still playing at a very high Pro Bowl level, and obviously Drew Brees was really starting to emerge on his own. The Chargers won the division that year, uh, if my memory is correct. And since then, since 2004, it's been, you know, either one team's got the quarterback and the other team doesn't, or both teams are kind of in this rebuilding process. So this is a time where I feel like, okay, for the next 10 years, as you mentioned, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, who plays better in these two divisional games each year, has the advantage to win the division, has the advantage to have a home playoff game in January, um, may force the other team to come down for part three. Um, I, I, I really feel like what the Chargers are doing is building this thing in a correct manner, obviously from the offensive defensive line. You've got the quarterback in place. There's enough veterans. And as you mentioned, skill talent around Justin Herbert, new coaching staff, which means it's going to take, hey, Andy Reid and his staff to understand what the Chargers are going to do for a good portion of this season. Um, My initial thought is maybe the Chiefs somehow escape another close Chargers game in week three. And then you get to December and maybe Justin Herbert, all those experiences, it, it really 
makes for the Chargers winning that game. And who knows how the division plays out in the latter half of December. Um, I could easily see that happening. But, hey, who knows? You know, the Chargers may uh, come out really, really strong. They may come into Arrowhead and win. That's obviously tough for teams to do. By the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes has never lost in September. He's never lost in September. It's crazy. Never lost. Um, So, hey, maybe the Chargers are the team to do it. It's going to happen at some point in Patrick Mahomes' career. Um, And my biggest concern, if you're looking at this historically, the Chiefs have played three more games the last two years than just about every other team. Will injuries, will contrition play a factor? Will that help the Chargers be able to supersede them in a way and make this rivalry truly what it could be? Because at some point, Herbert's going to have to win the division, not just beat Patrick on a Thursday night or a a week three game where maybe the Chiefs aren't fully focused. Um, He's going to have to win the division. And if that happens, then you're going to have a real treat in the AFC West for years to come. And that's why I'm, I'm just trying to like dream, right. I'm dreaming of like a, a like a Brady Manning situation. Yes. Five to seven. Yes. Years, right. And getting that twice a year, as opposed to, to that, that one game a season. Um, and obviously the, the chiefs have proved it. Justin in his 15 starts was, was remarkable last year. Um, but you mentioned Brandon Staley coming in. Uh, the biggest thing for me, Nate, on, on the defensive side is seeing Derwin James out yeah. there uh, for 16 oh. games. If, if if they can get Derwin out there, um, he's such a difference maker. Uh, you have a guy on each level of your defense, Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, who I think is really going to take a, yes. another leap in, in year two, and, and Derwin coupled with Brandon Staley and what he's going to do defensively. Um, it, it's just, it, it can't, it just gets you geeked up. What are we, it's July 21st, right? <laughs> I, I want right. to get to week three at Arrowhead right now. Um, hey, last week I had uh, Deshaun Reed on talking about the Raiders and we talked about the division and how, you know, it's been the Chiefs division. Um, but outside of the Chargers, who, who I also believe, I, I think that they're that, that second team that can really kind of maybe push the Chiefs a little bit this year. Uh, people forget the, the, the Raiders, they had a really good offense last year. They, mm-hmm. they had some wild offensive or offseason yeah. moves. Um, the, the Broncos, very complete quarterback position, a little bit of a question mark at this point. Um, how do you view the AFC West as a whole as we get into 2021? Do you think it's more competitive in, in that the Chiefs are they're probably looking at the Chargers, but you know, the Broncos and Raiders are there. It's just like the Broncos are missing that quarterback. Yeah. And then the, the Raiders just, when you make wholesale changes to your offensive line, like they did last year, and they were good uh, across the offensive line. And you have a defense that was as poor as they were. You bring in Gus Bradley. And I guess the hope is Gus with the personnel that they brought in, can and Tashawn said this if you could just be kind of a middle of the road defense, average, just be average, knows, yeah, you know, maybe the right. Raiders win 10 games, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I love the way you set it up, Chris, because it, it, it makes me think, um, not just about how the teams were last year, but obviously we're trying to project ahead. Uh, a quick side note, um, I've seen one player on most snaps of a football game since I started covering the Chiefs, which was in 2018. There's been one defender who I've seen cover Travis Kelsey effectively snap to snap. That player is Derwin James. 
Like it's, yep. I, 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 I hope he stays healthy. I want to see what he can do, particularly after uh, knowing his career arc, what the last two seasons were. I mean, when the Chargers made that great comeback in 2018 on a Thursday night, uh, Derwin James covered the living hell out of Travis Kelsey. I mean, in a way that it was really stunning, and I haven't seen it since. And I know some people will say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have great linebacker play, but it, it's it's hard for me to assess when <laughs> four guys are in the backfield <laughs> two seconds after the ball is snapped. I mean, it's just like it's it's it does make the job easier covering Travis Kelsey if you can get to the quarterback that quickly um, through a makeshift offensive line. Uh, switching to the AFC West. I'm not sure I trust the Denver Broncos coaching staff. Um, and I say that because I think Drew Locke has talent. He has not progressed the way that I think he should have. Um, not to think, not to say he was going to be like a top five quarterback, but I, I thought there was legitimate talent there. Yeah. They have skill position players. One thing I noticed from the way Denver operated, particularly in the second half of games was you want to make adjustments, but at the same time, you want to, you want to accentuate your players' best traits. And I don't know how much Denver did that last year. For Las Vegas, I feel like Derek Carr had a quiet career year. Um, and I know he was catching some gruff about uh, the way the season ended last year. But I think Darren Waller's excellent. Um, I know Josh Jacobs is capable of having a very strong season. I just, until I see it, I don't know if I can trust the Raiders defense, even yeah. with the new staff, even with the new changes, you mentioned the offensive line uh, that's going to have to make the, the Raiders offense less vertical in some, some elements, or they're going to have to be more surprising when it comes to going deep. Yeah, Cause it, that was their, that was their strength last yes, year. Yes, it really was. No, it, 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 it surprised a lot of people based on Derek Carr's reputation in the past. So you're, 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 you're exactly you're right. Talking about with the chiefs and chargers, right? Like it's yeah. everybody made kind of wholesale changes except for Denver on the offensive line. But the the Chiefs and Chargers did it almost out of necessity. Yes, I guess you could argue the the Raiders did it out of necessity, maybe from a salary cap perspective. Uh, I just that I think is going to be very interesting because that was one of the strengths of their offense, and, and how is that going to look in the first quarter of the season? Exactly, and and so um, I, I think the Chargers were closer last year than people realize. Um, some of that is because. As a rookie quarterback, you, you kind of just have to go through these experiences where one game in particular that, that comes to mind when I think about Justin Herbert progression was what he did in the second half against the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football. Uh, it was not the best scenario, but he got the team in a place to be able to win. Now, we unfortunately know what happens uh, in overtime, but I think there are games like that where I want to remind Chargers fans honestly like your team is closer than you may realize and a new energy a new coaching staff um obviously more experienced players if you get Duran James back I mean my goodness and he plays to the level that we think he can um I, I think there's a real there's a real reason and I know this is both audio and visual but there's a real reason to think that the Chargers are ascending and I'm not saying the Chiefs have plateaued just because they've obviously got new players they're obviously going to be motivated to try to get back to a third straight Super Bowl, which is really rare and almost unprecedented in NFL history. If your name's not Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. So they have all the motivation in the world too, but just you can't do it at this level 
this long in NFL history most times. Now, maybe Patrick Mahomes is the exception. Andy Reid is obviously a Hall of Fame coach, as I mentioned before. But you see these paths crossing. You see the Chargers ascending, in my opinion. And you see the Chiefs, unfortunately, you kind of logically at some point need to have a dip. And I'm not saying it maybe starts with Super Bowl 55. um, But maybe we look back at it two years ago and say, hey, maybe the Chiefs window was that 18 to 20 range. And then they've obviously going to have to retool and and try to stay in, you know, sort of that contender range. We're not even mentioning the Buffalo Bills. We're not mentioning the Cleveland Browns. Obviously those teams are going to be uh, a part of this moving forward, in my opinion. But I feel like it's still the Chiefs division to win. Ultimately, it is the Chargers responsibility to push the Chiefs as much as possible as the second best team. I would say the Raiders just because I still trust Gruden. I still trust Derek Carr to some degree, even though I know they've made changes and look, they're going to be playing a lot of blowouts or a lot, excuse me, a lot of shootouts. They'll be playing a lot of shootouts just because that defense is young, inexperienced or lacks talent at the positions where you really need talent. Uh, And then I don't know what to make of the Broncos. Right. I mean, (sighs) it's interesting. I don't know. They got, better on defense just getting von miller back and and beefing up the secondary the way they did and mm-hmm. getting uh, yeah patrick, patrick by the way um the the cornerback which who was the quarterback that selected again it, it was, was it wasn't sertan it was or was it sertan i can't remember now to, to the broncos yeah yeah it was it was sertan and then they got okay. Kyle fuller that's and right they got darby so like they they beefed up their secondary it, it seems like and they have the they had the skill position players right you have noah fan you have jerry yep. judy uh it's it's just okay. Cortland Sutton's coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Javante Williams, UNC, the running back. So it seems like you have the pieces in place, but obviously, quarterback's most important position on the field. Yes, exactly. And you know, uh, as much as I can see a natural progression from close games with the Chargers, ending in different results this year, I just I just can't confidently say with Vic Fangio and that coaching staff, if I've seen enough over the course of his tenure there where they're going to win close games. I mean, the NFL is about close games and making sure your players are reaching their potential based on your schemes. Not necessarily. Sometimes you want to exploit what the other team is doing. It helps. But a lot of times I just, I just want to see what is Drew Locke good at. Then do that and force the other team to try to uh, counteract that in some ways. Now, some teams will be more equipped than others. Um, whether that's Drew Locke, whether that's Teddy Bridgewater, who had a pretty good season last year in Carolina on a, on a, on a roster that was mostly built around Christian McCaffrey, who unfortunately got hurt. Um, I, I just I just feel like the more I study each team, the more obviously we're going to get reports in training camp and we're going to see preseason games. And obviously we're all looking forward to the opener in September. I just I don't know what to make of the Denver Broncos and the Denver Broncos themselves may not know. Um, because they're in a quarterback competition going into training camp, and it's not the one you want. The one you want is what happened last year with the Los Angeles Chargers, where you yeah. say, hey, we drafted this young kid. We got our veteran. Let's, let's just have him compete. Let's see where we are. We probably know how this season's going to start. But eventually this will be handed down to the young rookie quarterback. Um, the, the, the Denver Broncos do not have that quarterback competition in in camp they have the worst quarterback competition of its kind which is a guy who is underwhelmed since you drafted him in the second round this time and a veteran who you traded for 
because you're not sure the guy that you already had. Yeah. And in the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers uh, pipe dream, I think is, is slowly closing. You would think mm -hmm. as we get into training camp. So, uh, Hey, you know what? Chiefs fans, you're spoiled because the team is good, but you're spoiled because you got Nate Taylor at the athletic <laughs> and on the Nate Taylor show on audio, man. You are awesome. As always, I always appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck with the show. And uh, hey, I, I always tell Chargers fans, you got to keep up with the division. Uh, mm -hmm. Where can they find your work and, and follow along as we get closer to that week three matchup? I know, and 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 look, we we may we may see each other in the flesh this year. It's, it's uh, gonna be, be nice. It's gonna be a great time. Um, yeah, I, I try to keep it simple. It's by Nate Taylor on Twitter, on Instagram as well. Um, you know, my work is at the Athletic. It has been a, a real treat to 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 be at this publication for going on four years now. Um, so. If you care about the Chargers, I always tell people our subscribers at The Athletic, I would encourage people to subscribe. There will be a promo code deal at some point leading up to the NFL season, although I can't tell you that right now, but just be on the lookout for it. Uh, my guy, Daniel Popper, does a great job covering the team oh, uh, yeah. in L.A. Popper's, and, a, Popper's a frequenter. Oh, oh I know. I see it. I see <laughs> it. I, I hear it. Um, you know, him and his burritos. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, right? it's, it's Daniel and his burritos. It's it's me and my barbecue we go back and forth. It's a great time. But yeah, I mean, uh, we have a Chiefs podcast on The Athletic called Times Ours. It's me and my dear, lovely friends uh, who also know football really well, Josh Briscoe and Seth Kaiser. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, I'm going to have my own radio show for one hour, once a week. That's about all I can do before I go crazy with this football stuff. And then, yeah, I'll be covering the team on a day-in, day-out basis at The Athletic. And uh, it's real easy. The same way it reads on The Athletic, if this is by Nate Taylor, that's the same way you can find me on social media. Fantastic. Nate, I, I can't wait to see you. Hopefully in September, uh, week three, it'll be quite the matchup between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, one that we can actually talk about throughout the entire week, knowing that those two are going to mm -hmm. be under center, man. Uh, thanks again, and uh, best of luck at camp next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and uh, hope Chargers fans find this interesting. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm giving optimism. They may chase the Chiefs yeah. down this year. It, like, like, you may have heard it. Like, it's even tough. a guy in Kansas City thinks the Chargers are coming, and it, it's, <laughs> it may happen eventually, even as early as 2021. And that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Nate Taylor for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Training camp kicks off next week. We'll have coverage all over the Chargers social media channels and Chargers.com. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Havery.